Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. It is time, Tuesdays and Thursdays at this time, for Off the Radar. Craig? All right, thank you very much. Uh, let's dive into, uh, it's a Tuesday, it's following a college football weekend, and so let's get into some uh, ratings talk uh, and see... Kind of what's what when it comes to some of the most watched games from this past weekend. And, hey, if you've got Colorado fatigue, that's just too dang bad. And uh, so so long as they keep winning, then you know what? You're going to have to find maybe another sport to follow because Colorado fever is uh, at a fever pitch. And that was evident this past weekend, their game against Colorado State, topping 9 million viewers uh, this past Saturday night, averaging uh, 9.3 million on ESPN, the largest late-night college football audience on record, fifth-largest regular season audience ever on ESPN's family of networks at one point uh, in double overtime, as the, or the, as the game went double overtime. At one point, the peak hit 11.1 million viewers uh, for this contest, so an average of 9.3, a high of 11.1, and that 11.1 came between Central Time, 10 and 10.15 p.m., because obviously there was a late-night game, so you had 11 million-plus people at 10.15 Central Time, or that window 10 to 10.15, uh, watching that Colorado-Colorado State game. Largest college football uh, audience of the entire year through the first three weeks. I say entire through the first three weeks, and uh, it tops what was the previous high, FSU-LSU, uh, the Labor Day Sunday night main event of the opening game, weekend. Yeah. What? The standalone game in primetime. Yes, the standalone Labor Day weekend contest that had 9.17 million people, uh, 2 million more for Dion uh, and the Buffaloes versus Colorado State. So uh, the ratings are just getting bigger and stronger. And, you know, as they keep winning, I'd imagine that would continue to be the case. But they now have three of the five most watched games this season. They hit 8.73 million against Nebraska, 7.26 million versus TCU, and now this monster number of nine plus million. So, I mean, you know. Um, you might not like it, but you better learn to love it <laughs> because it's not going anywhere unless, you know, some massive losing streak were to occur. But right now, the buffs are must-see TV. I, uh, I I told you the story Monday that I was watching it, big, huge TV that I have in the bedroom, and I, I kind of fell asleep about mid-third quarter, woke up just in time for all the craziness. I actually saw people who are saying that the numbers were a little bit inflated because 
Well, a lot of people were watching the game and they fell asleep but left the TV on. Stop. Stop looking for re- – they had an incredible audience, unbelievable okay. numbers, so in a that- game that started at 9 o'clock Central time. Okay. So that means they turn it on in the first place to fall asleep yes. to it. Okay. That's what matters. It doesn't – look – when you, the Nielsen like the Nielsen ratings that come in, they don't send you a quiz that also says, "Hey, with the four thirty-five in the on the clock in the third quarter, uh, name three jersey numbers that were out in the field." They don't do that. It's just that it's on. So again, they turn it on in the first place, and that's where it was. So the negativity can can go away on that one. That's impressive. It's, I do. I find it funny. George Klyovkov was. Almost right on his Dion take in that Dion was going to help television. Yes, he's going to help the television ratings, but you can't sign a five-year contract basing on a coach who you don't know who he's where he's going to be, and that's any coach. Like I, you know, I don't, I don't Just know. Just another reason why they should have found a way. Look, the Pac-12. Kirk, Kirk Ferentz and Mike Gundy have been at their places for as long as they want, but if they quit, you know, year one into a TV contract, it doesn't help that TV contract long term. You can't base on that, but yes, it does. It is very strange that he is affecting it that much. All right, so uh, I mean, that's it for if the folks are. I think probably most people are joking about leaving the TV on. If they're not, though, they're just world class haters. Which you know, that's uh, I guess you could take that. Some people might take that as a compliment, but. Um, yeah, I mean, at this point, you're just you're just, uh, I guess, looking for a reason to to try and, and knock what's going on. But uh, like them or, or not, uh, they are must see TV yeah. uh, every single weekend of college football so far uh, to this point, and that's only going to grow uh, with even bigger matchups heading their way now in conference play. But uh, that was obviously a, a massive number, and as I mentioned, it was the fifth highest audience ever on ESPN for a college football game, uh, the top ever just for. A trip down memory lane, Auburn, Alabama, crossed 13 and a half million viewers. That was the most watched college football game ever on ESPN back in 2014. Um, you also had Ohio State and USC in 09 uh, get 10 and a half plus million. Ohio State Vatech in 15 got 10 and a half plus million. Boise State, Virginia Tech in 2010 got 9.89 million. And then you had this game right here, 2023. So even the next closest was eight years ago to the largest audience that uh, they've had. So, yeah, just massive, massive numbers for the Colorado Buffaloes. And, um, yeah, there is something to Dion being a ratings draw. So that was clearly the top game of the week. But I always just, just throw a, you know, a few more games out there. The second most watched game of the weekend was South Carolina and Georgia. Uh, that was a, uh, let's see here, 5.4 million viewers for South Carolina at Georgia. Also at Tennessee, Florida reeled in 5.3 million viewers. That was good enough for the number three spot. Alabama, South Florida, which I'm sure there was a few people that jumped onto that game that weren't necessarily watching, you know, right away necessarily, but 4.836 million viewers. And then Florida State, Boston College round out uh, the top five most watched games uh, with 3.4 plus million viewers. So in other words, the number one ranked two-time defending champions on a 20-something game winning streak against another SEC team had half the audience yep. of mm-hmm. Colorado who kicked off at 9 o'clock our time, 10 o'clock Eastern. Uh, that's impressive. How powerful are they? Their game coming up Saturday against Oregon? Or no, it's the USC game will be another one of those 10 a.m. mountain time kicks. Because everybody wants them on their network. At everybody. 9 a.m. Pacific. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. Yeah. 
That is wild. But, uh, no, it's Colorado-Oregon coming up this weekend, and then USC is the weekend after. But, yeah, they've basically become the official mascot for Big Noon kickoff at this point. Um, Every single weekend uh, they've been a fixture, um, and I imagine that's all going to continue. So, yeah, I mean, if not for that Colorado-Colorado State game, uh, you would have had – you know, the two SEC games, South Carolina, Georgia, and Tennessee, Florida, is easily the two most watched with $5 million plus uh, for each of those. But you combine those, and it's just like a million more than the Colorado-Colorado State game got, uh, which is pretty uh, incredible stuff there. Uh, also had a, a healthy rating for the Backyard Brawl, uh, 2.4-plus million viewers uh, for that one as well. So I just want to throw in that because that was a big deal for uh, West Virginia and um, yeah, just cool to see uh, how some of these games are, are popping on the charts and uh, what kind of audience is, is being brought in. And uh, just, man, if, imagine if they beat Oregon. <laughs> imagine if they beat Southern yeah, Cal. The with defending, that's gonna... Yeah, the returning Heisman winner, USC Glitz and Glamour uh, in the top five. It's going to continue, yeah. And, and uh, Shador Sanders, if they were to beat Oregon, and even if they don't, is a part of that conversation. It will be nuts in Boulder if that happens, if they win I, in Eugene. I, I just wonder what. I mean, Might be nuts anyway. How do you compare, a, like, just for the Pacific time zone, a 9 a.m., like what the 9 a.m. rating will be for Caleb Williams versus the Sanders crew? Hmm. Uh, because most of the time, I would think 9 a.m. and Saturday is not where you're they're walking their their they're walking their uh, dogs Dobermans are big huge whatever uh, just you know around the mansion half the people especially the people watching the game haven't even had their first cup of coffee yet yeah. and they're going to be tuned in watching this thing that's going to be crazy to see that Fox which is in LA by the way and running to LA is doubling down so hard on Dion that they took a game which was theirs and instead of putting it at a primetime slot took it for the the noon slot and they're betting that where most of the fans are for that game, which would be Southern California normally, are going to wake up and watch it. Yeah, the Colorado's yeah, yeah. a national draw, and USC yeah. brings that too with Caleb. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, how long this Colorado run lasts. You know, just as far as because there's already all the talk about what's he going to do, how long is he going to be there, and this and that. I don't like this is a debate for another time, but I don't think that like I think he needs to be at a place that's not. Alabama or not like a blue blood that's already got this massive like I think he thrives better on a place where there is so much more upside but that can be a conversation for another day because I think he loses some of like he'd still be Dion at Alabama but Alabama's also Alabama at Colorado it's Dion like it's all about Dion he's also out to prove something because remember what Dan Lanning said during the offseason realignment about Colorado yeah (laughs) that might be the thing but then they left 10 days later so it may look pretty stupid Uh, but I I think I agree with you, Craig. And I think part of the reason he, he picked a place like Colorado and why he says USF was really in the mix is he's trying to prove something. Yeah, sure. Because he, he didn't want – he knew what people would say about him. He wanted to prove, okay, you know what I want to do? 1-11, book it. Yep. Yeah. I'll make you care. So elsewhere uh, – did you want to do no, something? Nope. All right, elsewhere from the NFL weekend, uh, it always, isn't always ratings talk, but on Tuesdays we do dip a little bit into that. But uh, Cowboys and Jets, that turned into, uh, unsurprisingly, the most-watched game of the NFL weekend. And just to go to show you the power of those brands uh, or those you know cities and, and also of the NFL, uh, 25.78 million viewers so Nearly tripling the Colorado audience that we just gushed all over uh, with our our kind words for Dion and and what they've got going on. It's still a drop in the bucket. It's a massive number, but it's still a drop in the bucket compared to the NFL. 25.78 million viewers uh, for the Jets 
and the Cowboys, uh, which is actually down uh, like nearly 10% in the ratings. Not that that matters, but from the uh, – the largest uh, audience from uh, last year. Uh, but, yeah, that's a big, healthy number. And last night we had a couple of Monday Night Football games, and one of those featured some very bad news, especially if you were a Cleveland Browns fan. Not only did the Cleveland Browns lose, but you also learned that Nick Chubb is going to be out for the rest of the season Jesus. after a horrific uh, injury that took place where he had to get carted off uh, due to a knee injury. Well, you kind of suspected it at the time, but the knee injury did come back, uh, and he will be missing the remainder of this season. Um, got tackled by Minka Fitzpatrick, and um, you saw, well, if you saw it, you saw it, and if you didn't, be glad that you didn't. But, uh, man, what a bummer. Nick Chubb out for the year, and so uh, the Browns will move forward, and I think they're already trying out some running backs and seeing what they can do. But uh, double whammy for them losing Chubb and then losing that game to the Steelers. I saw a note, Paul, that someone said, what did the Cleveland Browns do? To deserve signed Deshaun Watson to one of the biggest deals of all time. To deserve How such evil, yeah, they're like they're like jinxed. Yeah, well, I mean, and Deshaun Watson looked terrible, by the way. Uh, he does not. He look was anything. playing so dirty, like he was like, man, he had two. I mean, he could have had three fifteen-yard penalties in that game, and I, I don't, you know. But yeah, I mean, to speak more about his game. But that's what stood out to me was like yeah. the three fifteen-yard penalties he could have had by the he, end of the night. He's he's far like you know, look, not playing for almost two years certainly affects you. I I really do think. And then um, the Browns, maybe they trade for Cam Akers. He's on the way out in Los Angeles. Um, Maybe they bring back Kareem Hunt, which would be another thing, um, you know, in in the negative column in the karma uh, catalog. But uh, I don't know. I I think that um, it just sucks. I I tried. You know, I knew something weird had happened watching the game because they're like Joe and Troy paused for a second and then – they said, we're not going to show the replay. It's as bad as you think. And then you heard the crowd go, oh, because yeah, they yeah, saw it. Yeah. And so then I went on Twitter to see. I was just trying to see what the what they said the injury was. Ugh. And then somebody had a short little thing of it. So I only saw it for about a second. And I was like, nope, I can't. Yeah. Well, Kareem Hunt's another guy that they're looking at uh, as a potential okay. uh, before, right? player to, uh, to bring in and, and try to replace Nick Chubb. But, yeah, just feel for, for Nick Chubb, who's now, you know, dealt with injuries before and uh, at the running back spot as well. It's just uh, tough. So, uh, bummer last night. But uh, there was those couple of games, and it was entertaining for what it's worth. Bryce Young did not look good uh, in the Panthers' loss to the Saints. Uh, I like Derek Carr with New Orleans, though. He's, he's got some fire to him, and, you know, they're now 2-0. Uh, but he Bryce, seems happy. Bryce Young, he does seem happy, and Bryce Young really struggled, uh, and that was their big home opener, and, and that did not go according to plan. But what we do know, and I don't think we mentioned this maybe in passing, but Monday Night Football every single week from here on out will be on ABC, uh, not just on ESPN, but that is a result of the writer's strikes. And so uh, to accommodate some of that missing uh, I guess product, so to speak. Uh, there will be Monday Night Football every week of this season on ABC, in addition to the uh, regular broadcast on ESPN, where it was its exclusive home. So there is that, and uh, that's just a little minor television note there for you. And then, meanwhile, I'll close it out with this: uh, Tampa Bay Rays. We talked a little bit about this, but officially announced their new 1.2 billion dollar stadium in St. Petersburg, Florida. They reached an agreement with St. Pete and Pinellas County to build a stadium to replace Tropicana Field. It will be opened up in time for the 2028 season and will be built somewhere near uh, the Tropicana in downtown St. Petersburg, uh, part of the uh, gas plant district. And um, 
will be a you know a new state of the art place. But what this does, it's more interesting to me actually, is it opens up the rest of expansion because now the next domino to fall will likely be the A's in Las Vegas, and then after that, it will be time to pivot because it seems like expansion is in the cards after the the moving pieces. So you had the Rays that you weren't sure about, you got the A's that you're now going to cross off as well, and then it looks like. Um, you know, Las Vegas uh, will have a team. And then beyond that, uh, I guess there's what um, Charlotte's a, a t- city, Virginia's in the mix. Nashville. Uh, Nashville's Mon- a Montreal heavy favorite. Again. Montreal again. So it looks like, you know, that will be kind of where MLB starts to look after securing uh, the, the final deals with uh, the A's and getting them settled and getting the Rays now settled with this deal. It'll be looking at expansion. So we'll see. We might have a Nashville MLB team here in the near future. I'm very excited for the people of the Tampa St. Pete area, of which the three of us have been in a lot. I, I've lived there for a couple of years. Smokey, you have family down in that area that, that go. And, and uh, it's great that they'll have a ballpark that is not in a, a truck pull arena. That not was not even good by truck pull arena standards. It also doesn't look like a Frisbee got stuck it, in the ground. But I cannot tell you how big a piece of crap Tropicana Field is if you've not been there. It is awful. It is one of the worst places I've gone to watch anything ever. And I went there a lot because it was there and it was cheap. But and I love baseball. But it, it is really bad. Like when you go to Tropicana Field, you need to like take a trip to Wrigley just to shower off the crap. Yeah. Like just I, to like, oh, okay, this is how baseball is supposed yeah, to be. I've not been there. I have family that had season tickets. I don't know. That was years ago at this point. But, yeah, I've never heard a good word about Tropicana Field as far as a, as a place to watch baseball games. I mentioned some of the possibilities. Nashville, Charlotte mentioned those. But Salt Lake City, definitely have some fans out in yeah. Salt Lake City. They're in the mix. Montreal, as you mentioned, and then Portland uh, as well. Those seem to be the five that could get looks for a potential expansion. Uh, but there you go. There's a few things off the radar. Thank you, Craig. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, it, it. The numbers that are being cranked out that will only get higher and higher with uh, what Colorado does and the games they have coming up, it's just staggering and uh, unbelievable. And what a, what a great story. What about Rick George, the AD? He, he really he, he believed in this. He knew they didn't have the money to probably afford Dion, but they found a way, and now – they are counting cash. That's some executive of the year moves no, is, is what he did yeah. right there. Yeah. yeah. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.